Hey, what's up, guys? It's your host, Lizzie Jane, and today we have a very special up-and-coming bass producer that goes by the name of Jiqui coming on the show today. Jordan has had releases on Never Say Die Black Label, a multitude of EPs there, releases on Disciple Roundtable, Cyclops Rex, Bass Weight Records, and so many more. With a recent signing to Pitch Black Management, he's in wonderful hands, and I'm so excited to see where his future takes him. Do not forget to check out my newly launched Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane for the chance to listen to podcasts ad-free as well as radio shows, one-on-one lessons, exclusive edit packs, live streams, previews, and much more. Without further ado, this is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning in to another episode of the XO Podcast. How have you been doing? Not too bad. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. So, to be on it. yeah, thank you. So, where where do you live? Because I don't know. So where I, I live in Vancouver, BC, like in Canada. Or okay, so I actually live in this town called Kamloops, which is like three hours north of Vancouver. But I just say Vancouver because nobody knows what Kamloops is. Like everyone okay. knows Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. So, but right now I'm in Texas because my girlfriend lives here. So I've been here since like end of January. Oh shit. Okay. So you're like in the States. So you've been just like chilling here. Nice. Well, at least you're like in the States per se. I don't know how are, like, do you have to per se get your visa in order for you to play shows or do you have a visa or how is that kind of? Yeah. So basically I had to actually perform here. I need, um, I need a visa, Mm -hmm. which like we're currently in the process of like trying to get i know that's Um, such a bitch yeah it sucks but uh like to like i'm just here obviously visiting right now so like i can't perform here while i'm here but i i don't actually know like a whole lot about the process like i i because like right now canada has some like absolutely ridiculous like travel rules yeah um because basically Basically, when you land, you have to quarantine a hotel for three days while you wait for a COVID test result, and it can cost like up to three thousand dollars. Oh my god! I could go. I could go on and on about it. I'm not gonna. I, I'll just get. No, on no, that's totally fine. So but, you you pretty much can't go back to Canada right now unless you crossed cross the border, quarantined, and then proceeded to get. The yeah. Okay. Which like I have I have no problem like quarantining when I go back like it's yeah. not I don't I don't have an issue with that at all it's just like essentially I have to get a negative COVID test before I fly out mm-hmm. um, within seventy two hours and then as soon as you land you have to get another test and then while you're waiting for those test results you have to quarantine in a hotel for three days. Which can't, which like I said, can cost up to like three thousand dollars. But yeah. most people are like getting their results back in like twelve hours or something, and it's non-refundable. So you just pay like for the three nights, and oh then even God. if you get your results in twelve hours, yeah. And like when you go through the ho- when you go through the airport, like you get so many points of contact with like different people and like yeah. hotel lobby with like regular guests and stuff. And instead of just going straight to like my place or like wherever I'm going to be quarantining where I don't, where I won't be seeing anybody. It's just like, 
it's really ridiculous i think there's so many possibilities where you can come into contact just because of the procedures that you have to follow exactly exactly just going home yeah and it's like it's like if i'm paying and also if i'm paying three thousand dollars like i feel like that would just just keep me in the hotel for two weeks i'll Mm -hmm. stay in the hotel for two weeks for that amount of money but it's for like for three days i don't know it's just so basically like i am i'm not in a like i'm happy being here obviously i'm not in a rush to be getting back so i'm just gonna chill here and wait till stuff like gets a little better and you have like your computer to work on music and all that stuff so it's not like you're stuck you know yeah exactly and like it's like obviously nice to be able to spend this much time with my girlfriend too which like Mm-hmm. if like COVID wasn't a thing, maybe not, wouldn't be happening. So yeah. just kind of like making the best of the time. Absolutely. Yeah. I live with my boyfriend too. So I don't, I don't know like how I would have gotten through this if I was still in like the studio apartment. Yeah. But again, like you and I are in predominantly cause you're in Texas and I'm in Florida. So we're definitely yeah. in the most two open States kind yeah, of publicly for sure. right now. So where are you at in Texas with your girlfriend? Like pretty much Dallas. Okay. She lives in, in Allen. So I don't know the like geography very yeah, well, no, no, but no, I know it's fine. like 30 minutes out of, outside of Dallas. I was just going to ask like, how is everything looking over there? Are you guys kind of free for all open? Are people still wearing masks? Is there still capacity limits? Um, it, I mean, people still wear masks. Like we wear our masks, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. And um, like every, like they said, like even they said on the, on the news, like, oh, we're opening everything 100%. But, like, I feel like everything was already open at 100% before yeah. that. Like, I haven't, since they said that, I haven't noticed a huge difference in anywhere we've been going. Um, mm-hmm. So, it's been, like, it's pretty much just been the same. Like, everything's, like, really open. Like, most people wear their masks. I mean, you see the odd person who's freaking out about wearing a mask, but... Yeah, it's, it's gen- just, generally pretty solid. It's the same thing here. It's like they've pretty much opened up everywhere. And unless you have like what I'm noticing, the biggest problem, especially since like the Super Bowl, is that like people are traveling here from out of the state and they're uh-huh. coming here and they're just like, fuck it. And like they're not wearing their mask. They're not yeah. doing anything. And it's like that's how this shit is like traveling back to closed states and creating like yeah. huge problems because for the most part, I go out and I don't really see too many people without their masks ever. Like, yeah. again, you get like the outlier, like the person who's throwing a fit. I was in like mm-hmm. a Nordstrom's the other day and this woman was like, I'm, I'm going to call my attorney. Like, da da da. I was like the God. first person. I was like, no fucking way, dude. I was like, I can't just, stand when people do that. Me too. It's just so, I think it's just more so realizing that it's not about like you or me because. No. Unless it's like you have these crazy, you know, pre-existing conditions or you're just an outlier, you know, we're not going to get hugely affected by contracting Mm -hmm. COVID, but it's about like our parents and our grandparents and like just doing the shit to protect it for them. Because even the shows here, like the, the pod shows and the other shows that I've played, like they do enforce masks. I know Mm -hmm. certain venues do not. I yeah. like thankfully have not played there yet, but, yeah. uh, but like, you know, they're, they're trying their best and everybody's just being pretty respectful, but I at least respect the decision that, you know, you were given a choice to continue working and to continue like living your life. And it was just yeah. like, if you, if you don't feel safe, you know, stay home. But the mask yeah. has been like hugely encouraged and shit, but yeah, I mean, for sure. this has been 
a huge year for you musically, like under the Gqui project. Yeah, definitely. You know? It's been like pretty crazy. Like how you just like, I think what really like helped me dial things in this year was like, as, and I don't mean this to like take away from any of the negative that's come from this, but like, mm-hmm. it's literally COVID. Like I was able to like, cause in Canada, they, the, I'm I'm not super pleased with a lot of the things they've done with handling COVID, but one thing they did do very well was getting money in people's pockets who who lost their jobs or got laid off their jobs. So like that's Steph one was thing saying they did. that. Yeah, like I will say, like they did that like very well, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, like last March, like I was already starting to see like a little bit of traction, like kind of starting to play a few more shows and whatnot and that was like back when Steph was managing me and then COVID hit and then um I got like my boss basically gave us like the choice like if you want to stay working you can if you don't want to like it's up to you because because the government had like financial assistance yeah so basically I was like well like I don't want to work like I want to work on music like I want to work so I was like yeah so I was like yeah like and my boss is super chill like anytime I needed time off for shows and whatnot like he would give it to me and so I was just like yeah I'm just gonna go back and stay with my parents because I was living in Vancouver at that time so I went back to my parents place and just started like focusing really hard on music and like mm-hmm. doing more collabs, like just like trying to kind of like find a sound, I guess. Um, yeah. And then I don't really know what clicked. It was just like having all that free time to like pour it into my craft and like really start like doing shit that I've been wanting to do, but haven't really had time because of work. Cause obviously I was working full time yeah. and just having all this That's free time just opened up like so many new, like so many new doors for me. So then I just started like working really hard and just like something just clicked. And I started like being able to write a lot faster and finish more stuff. And then I, that's when I wrote like, cause last March, April time was when I wrote my shadow dance EP. Okay. And then obviously we signed that to black label. And then by the time, like I had that EP done, I was already working on my next one. The yeah. one that just came out. Mm-hmm. And then Cause that was your, yeah, just, your two releases on Never Say Die Black Label, right? The two EPs. Yeah. Well, okay. before like a, a year beforehand, me and Tracy had a, co- I had a collab with him on his EP. So that was okay, technically yeah. my first release on Black Label, but my first EP was the Shadow Dance EP. And like, I'd submitted stuff to them before, but it got like rejected, which like, I see why. Cause it wasn't, cause it was a lot of my old tracks that I don't really like anymore. But that mm-hmm. stuff is like the new, kind of like the new direction, like, I've been wanting to take the project, but yeah, didn't really know how I was going to do it yet. So explain to me like the new direction. Cause like, I obviously like listen to your music a lot and like, I've heard a development in like, not only like technical aspects, but just like sound in general. And it's like this very, like, it's like this, it's like rhythm, but like, it's not rhythm. And it's like hybrid kind of, it's like hybrid trap rhythm and then like super technical shit like in between yeah and, so like yeah explain yeah sorry go me. ahead no, no no you're fine explain like the sound that you kind of like want to embody and are like aspiring to embody in the gqui project because i also think that like having a sound and then like having that sound mature is like part of being an artist as well mm-hmm. you know i hate when yeah. artists like have like this awesome sound and they love it and then they like mature and then their audience like hates it. And it's like, no, that's what like an artist is supposed to do is like do new shit. Yeah, for sure. So like, 
I guess like, see, uh, like the thing is a lot of people say like you have this sound, you have like a style, like in my own head, like I don't see it, but it's nice to hear that. Like, I'm just like really hard on myself. So yeah, I'm, I like, think we all are to be honest, yeah. but yeah, yeah. yeah I get that. So, so I'm like, I guess I just really like the, I really love really heavy shit, but I also really love like minimal darker kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of trying to like fuse that into one, like still, cause I try, I want the tracks to hit really hard, but I also want them to be like a little more on the minimal side. Like I still have like, I still have a couple heavier tracks coming out. Um, and I have some heavier tracks I'm sitting on, but I just want to kind of have this like specific darker eerie feel to my music, like definitely drawing some inspiration from void. Like I love that whole yeah. like darkness, okay. but I want to like kind of put my own spin on it. And I'm not like, he's in his own level, mm -hmm. of course. Um, I just love, I just like mostly like, I just find take like random sounds. Like I have lots of samples from like video games or like random little like effect samples. And I just love like manipulating those. And just like creating this like atmosphere with them. It's kind of, I have like kind of a weird process behind it, but I just love to like experiment with like these random, random ass sounds and then making something out of it. Like usually when I drag something into a project, like I'm like, I'm going to make this work no matter what. Like I don't, cause I don't like to spend time like sifting through samples. Like I just grab one and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put this in. I'm going to make it work. Like even yeah. though I have to put like a huge chain on it, I'm just going to like try and make it work. But yeah, I don't know if that really answers the question. I no, 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 it does. I could totally, no, 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 it does. It, it's completely like on point, the whole like minimalistic view, but it's still like technical and listenable yeah. at the same time. Because a lot of times you'll get that like very like simplistic, minimalistic approach, but it's like not, it like lacks like the musicality, I guess. That For you sure. It's like a general listener in order to like revisit that track and really jam with it. And yeah. I feel like the vocal samples that you choose a lot, I keep thinking of track on a new EP and on your new EP and I cannot remember the name. I think it's closer to you, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that one. Like it has this, it's a very like contrasting feel of like the darkness and then like the vocal yeah. samples that you. And I love with. doing that too. Like I love doing like, cause personally I'm like, I don't have like any music theory knowledge. Like everything I've learned has basically been just by using my ear. Mm -hmm. And like, so every time I try to write a melody, I'd say like one out of 20 times I get something that's decent or usable. Yeah. So like, I love when I write a good melody then I can c contrast it with a heavy drop. Mm -hmm. Like even one of my old tracks, like the, the, the one losing myself, it's, mm -hmm. I released it like last year. No, that was kind of, that was kind of like the same idea. I guess like close to kind of be like the sequel, I guess. Yeah. But like, I just love doing those like melodic intros with a heavy drop and then like a melodic outro. Cause like when it's done well, like somebody who does that really well that I really like is Nasco. Yeah. He like some of his tracks just have like the sickest melodic like intro. God, the he's a don, dude. I yeah, started he's so good. when I started producing. Like he was the guy on YouTube that I like religiously watched him and Mr. Bill. Like that was yeah. Me. I was just and like he's right. so young too, and he's so smart. So like it's crazy. I've been following his music for so long, but like his one track uh, called "Be There," I think that track 
I don't know if it's called Be There, but the vocal says like, I'll be there for you. I think it's yeah. called Be There. I don't know. But that track is like amazing. I love mm-hmm. that song. But yeah, that's uh, when that's done like really well. I just love it. So like I have, uh, I have something coming out next month that's very similar. It's a remix. I can't say for who yet, but Mm -hmm. it's like very similar, like super melodic intro and super heavy drop. So I'm like, I'm excited for that. Well, you should, sorry, you should like follow the, you know, formula that works. And it's like when you find a formula that works, it's, it's okay to like reutilize that. Cause I feel like people love that because it engages like the listener. And that's why like whenever I'm talking to students or, you know, what have you, I have a lot of people who are always like, Oh my God, like I don't understand music theory. I don't understand X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, if you just listen to music and you're actively listening, you're not doing other shit. You're sitting there and you're listening to the technicalities in music. When you sit down to write, like, you're going to hear if something's out of key. Like you're going yeah. to hear if something. You're going to know. Right. It's just not going to. It's just not going to sit right. Like I mean, I don't have like like that technical like music theory knowledge. But I did play guitar when I was younger. But it was mostly like I just read tab. Mm-hmm. Um, but like everything's by ear, and that's like I feel like people get so wrapped up in like, oh, I need to know like music theory. I need to know blah blah blah. Like. I mean, it's good. Like the more knowledge you have, obviously the better, but like realistically you don't need it. Like you don't need, like you can learn everything yourself. And if you have a good ear for music, like exactly what you said, like you'll be able to tell if you're writing something that sounds out of key. Sometimes you won't. And sometimes it'll take somebody else like point it out for you, but there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. And like going into that, you and I both kind of came from Defire Society, which is something that I like really wanted to talk about because you started as a student, right? You were like submitting tracks and like the same thing with me. And now do you do like, uh, do you do like review sessions and stuff and mentoring sessions via Um, Defire? I can't remember. I can't remember. So I do, I, I record tutorials for them Mm -hmm. from time to time. I used to do the feedback streams, but then like, like earlier in the year, I was like struggling super hard. So I like had to remove myself from them. I haven't really yeah. gone back to doing them. Like it's something that I want to do again. But like also while I'm here, I don't really have a proper streaming setup. Mm-hmm. But um, I do do some mentoring through there. But most of my mentoring I do like privately. Yeah. But yeah. I have gotten some students because of Defire. No, definitely. Yeah. I, it's just such a good like platform. And anybody who ever comes to me, especially because I was kind of in the same situation as you because... You know, I would like to say that I got a lot of help from like the government and they definitely like helped me, but it wasn't mm-hmm. sufficient enough for me to like be able to keep doing exactly what I'm doing without having yeah. to find another like source of income. So when sure. this all started, I was like, all right, like let's go, like let's open up the lesson board, like guitar, yeah. bass, piano, music theory, beginner production, like let's do it. And I came to a point where like two months ago, I was just like giving like almost like 20, 30 lessons a week. And I was like, yo, like Mm -hmm. I'm literally not working on music. Like I'm not working. I know. I know exactly how you feel. It's like, it's, it's hard to like, I just took a huge break from doing them for like, Mm -hmm. basically since I've been here, like I have a couple students that I do them like consistently with, but I, it's, it's really tiring. Like, yeah, just like it's, not repetitive work, but it's just like, it's exactly what you said. Like, I felt like I had no time for myself really like to, to work on my own music. So it gets like, it gets tiring. doing Yeah. Them. 
and it's like I love helping people and that's why like I do it through my Patreon. Exactly. But it's like, yeah. you know, from like a teacher standpoint, especially when it's it's not like we're like illegitimate, but like you know, my goal is to not be a teacher. Like your goal is to not be a teacher. It's to be a producer. Yeah. It's to be an artist. Like sure. this is just like a substantial like uh, supplement for income. And I love helping people, but it would be like such a bitch when people would cancel last minute or you oh, would, yeah. like get their shit ready and they yeah. like wouldn't show up. And you're like, okay. So I kind of just have like more serious like students right now because it was like, it's cool yeah. to be in the DAW. And I feel like if you take that like role as a teacher, you're further like the the fact of you having to explain certain things like hones in how much you've actually obtained like certain techniques yeah. and like knowledge so that like is a cool point of it but it's like when you close down all your lessons for the day and you're like holy fuck i have to finish this for a deadline and i'm literally like out of juice like i literally don't have yeah. anything mental capacity wise yeah. so i totally understand that and now you're with a different management company right you're with yeah. the guys from High End Ghost and everything, right? They're all yeah. on the same roster. That's awesome. Yeah. It's pitch Block? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's that's super exciting. I never really like... I feel like you and I are kind of in kind of comparable places where like our career is at, where we're just like sitting on this like block that's like slowly like rising. And I never yeah. really understood how... Not so important, but how much of an asset it is to be with like a, a strong roster of artists because like sure. the, the remix opportunities and like just like feedback from people who are just like you look up to them as producers mm-hmm. and they're just easily accessible is like super dope. So it's like for you to be that close to like, hi, I'm Ghost and all those boys, like that has to be so good for like your like musical progression. Yeah, totally. Like, um, cause I've been, well, like I talked to Nathan and Tiago, but, uh, Nathan was originally playing out some of my music on when he was touring with, uh, with snails. And then I got some video of it and hit him up. And then we just kind of instantly clicked and like became friends. Nathan's and then, so like, cool. Yeah. I love him. And, um, he started like, we started talking a lot and obviously like I was with Steph at the time, like, um, and then we stopped working together, like not for like any negative reasons or anything. Like I still love her. She's still like one of my best friends. She's great. Just like the relationship, just like, it was mostly like she, um, she's like, was three hours ahead of me. And basically like, as soon as I kind of be like, starting my day she'd be kind of like ending her day and it would be like mm-hmm. a little bit difficult to communicate and then like since like she's such a good friend of mine sometimes i struggle with business and friendship yeah relationships i do too so i think I just, a lot of people do yeah so i was just like i value our friendship like way too much to let like business get in the way of it so mm-hmm. we basically like decided to to part ways and like I just like like doing that a lot more than potentially like letting it develop into something that's not yeah and yeah so anyways back to what I said about Nathan he um basically talked to his manager and like they kind of knew about me and then had a call with him and then now Parker's been helping me with all my stuff and he's like been really awesome and like been helping me with like making these connections like remix opportunities and whatnot so yeah it's definitely like good to have somebody like that in your corner. Definitely. And I think people sometimes, you know, don't understand. It's kind of like the the mixing friendship with business. I feel like when you first start out as an artist, you know, you don't necessarily like need a manager. I've, I've always been someone who like yeah. says, you know, you shouldn't have a manager until 
you need something done that you possibly cannot do for yourself. Yeah. But one thing I always give like advice to like newcomers is like, just get somebody who like believes in you, like whether it's like a friend or X, Y, and Z. But when you come to that point, which like you and Steph came to, it's so good to just like have that facet of communication between Mm -hmm. each other to like, mend the relationship and keep the relationship and friendship and be like, okay, you know, we still love each other, but this just like, it's not going to go anywhere than it is right now. And I want to leave on good terms instead of it go bad. And that's where it's like, I feel like sometimes artists don't really understand the concept that like you hire your team, like your team works for you. Like you're legitimately like the boss, even if you're on like a huge roster with artists 10 times bigger than you like Mm -hmm. that. Cause it's like tomorrow. It's like if marshmallows manager wanted to manage you and he had marshmallow jaws X, Y, and Z, it's like, he may not have the time for someone who's an up and comer. And it's like, as an up and comer, I feel like it's so much more work from a manager standpoint than like having somebody who's already established. Yeah, for sure. It's like, you want, you want somebody who's going to like work for you and wants to work for you. And like, um, touching on like the friendship and business thing. It's like the thing where that gets really complicated is like, if there's something you're not happy with or something like that isn't working, it's a lot harder to bring it up because of the friendship. So you Mm -hmm. don't want to be hurting your friend's feelings. Like, whether or not it's like your manager or like anybody else, it always is hard to do that. Absolutely. But that's, and that's like the reality of mixing friendship with business is it, is it always works to a certain point and then it gets difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it, like the, the thing with my current manager, like Parker, he's like, I would consider him a really good friend but we kind of started things off as a business relationship and then the friendship developed after. And I think that's kind of a, that's almost a better way of going about things because then it just doesn't cause any rifts or create any like tension, Mm -hmm. I guess. And that's like also me speculating because sometimes friendship and business can work for some people. But I just think for me personally, that that's like a much better way to do things. I sit on like the same wavelength. I'm like the same with you. Like the team I'm with now, it started as like a professional relationship. And now we're like, you know, friends, like we talk every, you know, every so often every day and stuff. And I think that's just like a better standpoint than kind of like taking this huge friendship that has all of these different ties and being like, okay, now we're going to like intertwine money and my life and my career. And it becomes like kind of a slippery slope because it doesn't matter like who you are, like especially going through COVID, like, everyone has like downhills, you know, and there's always going to be like down times, tricky times, you know, X, Y, and Z. But it's really good to hear that like you're with this like huge team now and you're happy with it. And I think it's really going to do you well, not only like music release wise, but, but show wise when you get back. And and I know that team like will help you successfully get your visa, which is like a big deal. Yeah. That's like basically like, that's like the one thing that I just want to get done so bad right now is just get the visa and like because like eventually i want to move here that's like my long-term plan yeah it's just moving countries is not an easy thing to do i wish it was easier but i mean yeah i just want to just want to get my visa and just like start like progressing forward i mean everyone wants to start progressing forward um but it's like it's nice that like it finally feels like 
stuff is progressing forward like at least in the u.s like in canada it just it honestly doesn't feel like stuff is progressing forward Ugh. a lot a lot i'm obviously a little bit biased towards the subject because like basically what i do depends on me being able to travel like internationally and being able to like travel freely yeah. and they're just not looking to move forward with that at all and it's super super frustrating Like even even with like getting vaccinated and whatnot, like they've, cause I was actually able to be vaccinated here because me and my, me and my girlfriend both got vaccinated, um, because I was eligible here. And, but in Canada they're I don't really understand what they're doing. Like I wouldn't be able to get it till probably September or October in there, which I mean, I know, which I mean, which is fine, but it's just crazy going from like, Canada was doing so well with stuff COVID related to just completely like, just, I don't know, giving, not giving up, but like, it just like, it's the cases are getting really bad everywhere. And the vaccine rollout is super slow. Like my dad's, uh, my dad's a teacher and they're giving it to so many people before they're giving it to like these like frontline essential workers. It's just crazy. I don't understand. Yeah. It's just like, that's it's something that show. I could go on and on about, but no, no, no it's fine. I super, just, it's super frustrating. I just feel like, and, and like I had Sippy on the podcast the other day and she just said, and you know, you guys obviously did better with the fact of contact tracing and actual mm-hmm. quarantine. For sure. For United sure. States. I think the only, the only thing that the United States could depend on and our saving grace was this fucking vaccine. And mm-hmm. I think that's why so much funding and so many different types of vaccines are coming into the United States at full force. Totally. I think we reached like a hundred million vaccinated, I think like yeah. two days ago. And that's like amazing, you know, but Sippy was saying, you know, we kind of did our thing in quarantine and we did our thing by contact tracing. So people aren't rushing to get the vaccine because we're exactly. open and we have things under control. And now if I looked at Canada and they were doing the same thing, I'd be like, yeah, don't rush to get the vaccine. But the fact that you guys are closed and it's just like, nothing's moving forward. No, like yeah. nothing's kind of being elaborated on a plan. That's yeah. definitely concerning. And it's probably it pretty is. good that you're here. You know? Yeah, exactly. And like, obviously like, I'm not trying to sound like I'm knocking my home country or anything. Yeah, no, it's no, just like, <laughs> yeah, like, it, but I mean, it's, it's super frustrating. Just be like, like I said, I'm obviously a little bit biased to the situation because like of my career choice, mm-hmm. but it's just super frustrating, not like having any sort of plan moving forward. And like, the case, like this hotel quarantine thing was really the nail in the coffin for me. I was just like, wow, that just completely fucks everything up. Like, yeah. because like I could go home, but it's like, do I want to spend thousands, potentially thousands of dollars to go home? So like worst case scenario, what I'm going to have to do is I have to fly to Bellingham and then walk across the border. Because if you walk across the border, you don't have to do the hotel quarantine, oh which makes no gosh. sense. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. So like, basically like I could fly into Canada and have to do the hotel thing, or I could fly to the border, like the land border and walk across and be, and not have to do any of that. I'd still have to quarantine when I get home, Yeah, which like I said, I have no problem doing that. No, for sure. But that's wild. That sounds like the way to go. 
if you if yeah, you do exactly. play it. Like that's definitely the way to go. That's just insane to me that the, like they're making such a big deal over quarantine, but like there's a way around it. And I like know. that's that's insane. But you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We're gonna get For past sure. it. Like For we're sure. we're on the downhill like slope. Like I yeah. I know for a fact Ubi Doobie is fucking happening. SMF is yeah. fucking happening, you know? Yeah. And see, the thing is like, I know it's like the thing that's unfortunate is no matter what the first large scale event to happen is, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what it is. It's going to take a lot of scrutiny, Yeah, I think. And I think the timing of this Ubi Doobie is like, it's just literally it's pushing on the, the market cut. just it's, a little bit. Yeah. 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 And I, I agree like, with that. At first, when I heard it was happening, I was like, oh my God, it's too soon. It's too soon. And now that I'm like thinking about it, I'm just thinking like, at what point is it going to be like acceptable to have these like larger scale events? I mean, obviously there's like once the United States hits like herd immunity or whatnot, like I'm not an expert with vaccines or anything. Yeah. So I'm not trying to act like I'm yeah, an no, expert, for sure, thing, but it's just like, it just seems like no matter what anybody does right now, there's always going to be somebody who's unhappy with it. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, I, I do, I do agree with that facet and, and it's very hard in the back end for me to justify like such a large scale camping event for sure where you know, the vaccine isn't really readily available to the general population yet. And don't get me wrong. If I wanted to call Publix between four and seven today and ask if they had extra vaccines and me go get a vaccine, I definitely could. Like there are ways for people 18 and up to get it. By May 1st, it'll be readily available to be distributed to everybody 16 and up. However, that doesn't mean that the distribution is going to be able to be sped up. Exactly. And that's why it's like, and that's why I'm like, they should like, I know there's more logistics to it, obviously than just pushing it back a month, but I'm like, it's just literally so close. Like, could we not just wait a little bit longer? It is. Cause it's going to take a lot of scrutiny, but then like the other side of it is the fact that, you know, I watched the Super Bowl happen four months ago and we had, exactly. fucking, you know, just, and, and I watched sporting events yeah. happen and I watched like these other things happening where there really aren't being like masked enforced and, and people mm-hmm. are just like letting a free for all. So, and, and, you know, you go, you look at Florida and even in Texas too, you know, there's indoor club shows happening and there's X, Y, yeah. and Z. And I appreciate that this is outside, but yeah. I also know, you know, it's not fooling anyone when you say that they're really, they, there's not going to be social distancing enforced. There's no way for yeah. you to be able to do that, you know, and you would just hope that, you know, ever since I raved, I had a fucking mask on. So you would hope people wear their mask because the mask works. It's proven yeah. that the mask fucking works. And yeah. you would hope people just come out of this like hygienically more self-conscious, like sure. washing their hands, like doing totally. X, Y, and Z. Because I don't know, we <laughs> ravers kind of edge on that non-hygienic border a little bit yeah. sometimes. <laughs> um, well, totally. It's kind of like me and my girlfriend were talking about it. Like it's kind of like... uh just like a wake up call, almost like a lot of like the unhygienic habits that like people have, like everyone, everyone has them. I like, and it just like, I think like it will be very, a very long time before that, like 
we return to like normal. Like when I Definitely. say normal, I mean like literally how things were before. I don't think it would ever, it will ever be like that again. In my mind, I think like, I feel like it's going to go one of two ways because I definitely don't think people are going to be mild in ramping up events and ramping up X, Y, and Z after this large scale event happens. I mean, I've even seen it since, since like, I think it was March 2nd or March 4th when they announced how many vaccines we had, how many vac- like how many people had been vaccinated. You see these events starting to pop up everywhere, especially with yeah. places like Arizona fully opening, Texas fully opening, Ohio's yeah. now opening at capacity. And like, I imagine by like New Year's Eve, like all of those festivals, if it keeps going this way and there isn't a total downhill slide, like some other shit happens... I have a feeling that we'll be to a point where we will see most people without masks, but I don't think we'll ever get to a point in the next five years where you're going to go somewhere and you're not going to see someone without a mask. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. It's the one thing that sucks. And like the one thing that's like so hard for like, obviously not just me mentally, like I'm pretty sure everyone feels the same way. It's just the uncertainty but not yeah. knowing it's the, that's like one of the hardest parts is like, that's been one of the hardest parts throughout the entire thing. I think that's like kind of like starting to go down a little bit, like mm-hmm. that type but of But it's still there thing. because still like, there. because like people are not chill. Like I get it. It's the, like, if you, you have to look at the, the percentage of people who are on Twitter versus people who actually go to these shows. Yeah. It's, it's a 10 to 20% marker. Yeah. And I understand the people who are not happy with it are always the loudest ones in the room. It'll yeah. always, it'll always be that way, especially through, I want to say now through the end of summer with any yeah. event happening. It's just, it's the way it's going to be, but yeah. you know, it's just going to be super interesting to see how we get through this. And if there is a huge back ticker, because in my mind, I've seen just from looking at like Twitter, I've seen the general proportion of people go from, you know, the, the retweets. And I always look at the quoted retweets because that way Mm -hmm. I can really gauge who's like, this is, this is whatever. And it seems like the general majority is like, let's fucking go. You're always yeah. going to have those other-ended people. I just feel like most people, there's more places open than we realize. We yeah, just see sure. in our industry, since it's predominantly based in places like LA, like New York, like Chicago, you know, and still in Florida and Texas, but you look at it and it's like, those are the places that will be open last. And even places there are starting to open. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like in those predominantly... Sure. Um, you know, bluer states per se. Uh, and and you know, I just feel like everybody sees how their state is operating, and that's the perspective that they have. So most For people sure. who I talk to, they're just like, put a fucking mask on. I'm fucking over it. Like, let's go. And and that's yeah. you know, that's what I see. But there's also the other side of it where it's like you do have to be conscientious, and you do have to understand that you know we're not necessarily throwing a a, you know, library event. This is like a fucking festival. So you're you're inviting things like alcohol and substances into not only 
immune systems that are already broken down because some people haven't left their house in a year. You know, yeah. that's how you build up your fucking immune system. And now it's like, okay, free for all, let's go. Cause all of yeah. that stuff breaks down your immune system. For sure. Yeah. It's, it, it's like, it's tough because like, there's part of me that's just like super stoked, like ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go. It's like that then false side of hope. Yeah. And then there's the other part that's like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. it, like just, it's just like, like, obviously it's not quite there yet, but mm-hmm. again, it just touches back to like the uncertainty thing. It's like, there's no, like, there's obviously no end date or anything, but I think like what it's, what it's going to take for stuff to start happening again, like safely is stuff is just going to have to start happening essentially. Like, you know, and I'm not saying like that, like we need to start throwing festivals every weekend, like blah, blah, blah. Like I think like some events are going to happen and it's going to be like, people are going to see how those events went and then be able to probably like modify the way that they're throwing their event or whatever the case may be. I know there's like obviously more to it than that, but I think it'll kind of be like a domino effect. I do too. I mean, obviously I'm not, I'm not like, uh, I don't know how all that stuff. No, I'm the same way. We're just looking at it from a fucking DJ perspective. Like, let's just say that we're fucking DJs, like shooting the shit about a vaccine. Like that's it. Um, but it's just kind of like this. You want to make everybody feel safe and that's like the end goal. And it's like, there's this kind of middle line between, okay, we have to like, somehow start to move on even though people won't be everyone won't be okay with it but we have to embody that perspective of making sure people feel safe and and once we can get those two things like top notch on i'm really just sitting here like twiddling my fingers to see how ubi doobie goes or lbw or whatever you say you know yeah so so it's gonna be it's going to be definitely interesting, but I, you know, I'm really excited because I feel like it was just crazy because, you know, last night the, the 2021 Lost Land survey came out and I was like, I didn't expect that to come out this year because I thought that the 2020 lineup was just going to get thrown over to 2020. Yeah. And I was now, surprised too. You, I was surprised so, that I was on it. I was like, me too. So I, was yeah. like, I was looking through it and I was like, okay, just like be okay if you're not on it. But like, if yeah. you're not on it, you're also going to get really fucking mad at yourself. And, yeah. and and it's like, but to see that, I'm like, okay, so he's either really going to fucking curate this shit from like the ground up again, or, and I just feel like from working with like his team and like the way that he portrays himself, I don't think he would have done something like that if the lineup was already done, you know? No, exactly. And like, the thing is like, obviously you're going to have your like, heavy hitter guys who are obviously going to be on the lineup but i think like this i think this is more for like that like undercard like underground like which makes me so excited i literally yeah which makes me super excited too like it's just like and like the other thing too is like obviously like excision like everything you know everything excision does is always like beautifully done like done super well like i don't think he would be releasing these types of surveys or even like making these announcements if he wasn't like very confident or his team wasn't very confident. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just like people kind of have to like, look at that too, like, and not get so upset about it. Like people need to start like getting excited about stuff again. Like people need to start like being optimistic because if everyone's just going to be sitting here shitting on everyone all the time or getting mad that it's become so toxic. I know. It's just like, let's, 
everyone like start to feel like some optimism again, because it's just like, you can't be cutting people down for having optimism about like shows coming back or festivals coming back. Like, that's just like, I don't understand that mentality. Especially from people who like literally work their lives to go to these things. Like, like they go and they travel and they do multiple festivals and they don't come home for three months. And it's like, dude, like, do you want a scene to come back to or like not? Like, I don't know. Yeah, and I love I love when people always just tell, like, DJs or producers, oh, get another job. But what about somebody who's here on a visa that literally, like, can't do anything else as a job and this is their only job? Like, people are just so insensitive and ruthless. Like... I love the I, ego death. Take an ego death. Go get an ego death and, and you can join me here, X, Y, and Z. And it's just like... <laughs> First of all, like my first my first podcast was with um, Josh from Mode Step, and we talked about that for like a half an hour in itself because people just don't understand that if you're here on a visa, no, you can't work for Uber. No, you can't work for fucking DoorDash. No, you can't no. go get a job at Starbucks. Like no. there is not an option. And you also have to make a certain amount of income in a period of time in order to be able to stay here on a visa. And yeah. it's like, that's the even more fucked thing. And it's like, and then on the other hand of it, like, I totally get it. Like I'm a United States citizen and X, Y, and Z, but you know, I would like to say that you consider what you're doing a career. I consider what I'm doing a career. Yeah. If I didn't, 100%. you know, if I didn't do X, Y, and Z and take a cut income for the last four years of my life to be able to continue pursuing this, I would probably be somewhere with my degree making a salary paid job over 75 grand by now. So it's like, there's this other end to it where, you know, it is our job. And I understand that. And, and and, And I think that sometimes people have this resentment towards people who are able to be fortunate enough and lucky enough to live their passion as that's what I was. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Yeah. I think like, this is something that I was talking about with, uh, who's I talking about with, with my friend, Reggie Bainbridge is Uh like there, what people need to understand too, is like, once you like, obviously for, me for you for basically anyone who started producing music it started out as like a passion or a hobby hobby. and it still is in a sense but once you get to a certain point where it's taking up so much of your time finance has to come into mind like if i'm spending so much time doing this like i need to start seeing a little bit of reward from it like i need money to be able to like survive or i need money to be able to like fund my Mm -hmm. project more and like people just they like say, Oh, you should be doing it. Cause you love it. You should be doing it. Cause you love it. Well, yeah, of course I'm doing this cause I love it. But also it's to a point now where money is a money is a factor like yeah. for it. And like, I can't just do it because I love it. Like it's not as easy as that. And people like, I think people just really need to be able to kind of separate themselves from their perspective and look at it from an artist's perspective as well, because it's just really hard seeing so much negativity towards people all the time. And like some of it obviously is warranted like in times, but I think like a lot of it is just like so unnecessary, like people throwing around like death threats for no reason or just throwing around like 
just super unnecessary hateful comments and people like think, Oh, just cause it's an artist, it won't hurt them. Or like, they won't even see it. But like, like, Hey, we're I'm human. sure you're probably the same. Like <laughs> I read like any comments on, I read all my comments on all yep. my music. I read like YouTube comments. YouTube comments are the worst. If I ever want to ruin my mood, I'll go read YouTube comments. The SoundCloud uh, comments, I have forced myself to stop looking at. Like I can't look at SoundCloud comments. That's the only ones that like (laughs) fuck me up. But that was the thing with like Twitter for a while. Cause it's like, even like I read everything and it's like, even on discord, I'll have people who message me on Instagram and they're like, Hey, is that really you talking in discord? And I'm like, yeah, that's me talking to you guys on Discord. Like, what the fuck? Like, like I'm I'm here messaging yeah, all of you like, guys. Like, I respond to everything. And and it's like, because there are bigger artists that don't do that. And I feel like that's something that our kind of class of artists, up and coming wise, have like broken down this fourth wall where we're talking to people. We're telling people yeah. how we feel. And that's the way it should be. But yeah. don't get me wrong. Like, four months ago, I had fucking Twitter locked on my phone. Like I and my boyfriend create a fucking password that I didn't know. So I couldn't get on Twitter because I would go on there sitting in my studio at the beginning of the day and I'd look at some shit going down and whether it was towards me or one of my friends, I'd be like, dude, this is like taking my mental capacity and throwing the trash can down the street. Mm -hmm. And now I have to like spend the next hour getting myself back saying it's going to be okay. Like this isn't going to happen. Your career is not going to be over with. And it's like, it's just, it's it's a lot. And like, people just don't understand that one, it's not an artist that decides to book their own shows, sell their own tickets, make the venue open, serve the mm-hmm. drinks. Like I get yeah. that like the artist's name is on the bill or the card or whatever, yeah. but there's such a team that goes behind all of this shit happening. And, yeah. and I get that the artist gets the most hate, but like the artist is a person. And, yeah. and the artist is also getting an offer sheet for a state that they potentially don't live in, where they're being told that this is the capacity that's happening, mm-hmm. these are the rules that are going to be enforced, and this is X, Y, and Z. So when they show up and none of those fucking things are followed, guess whose fault it is? Not the artist. And it's yeah. like, oh, and it's just like, because I've heard that happen one too many times where like the yeah. artist gets there and they're like, well, we're here, like we're going to play the show, but... We yeah. were we were under the impression that this was a pod show. This was a half yeah, capacity for show. sure. And you're living in a state where every bar isn't enforcing mass anymore, and every bar is at a hundred percent capacity. You know, so I just yeah. hope it becomes positive because I feel like it. You know, Twitter used to be this place where everybody just like gassed people up, and I see it coming back. There's always those people yeah. who have like kept it going, but I think a lot of it just has to do with like. The more people were stuck inside, when those California restrictions started to lift, I started to notice Twitter get substantially happier. <laughs> and, it, and it's just because, like, of course you're going to be pissed. You see other people in a state living the life that they used to live to to most extent, and you're being told yeah. that you can't go get anything but to go from a fucking restaurant. Yeah. Of course you'd be pissed, you know? Yeah, and it's th- like... There's so many moving parts to it. It's just like, it's, it's just like, like to me, it's just like, I don't know. I just love, I'm sorry. I just completely lost what I was trying to say. There's just like so many things. This, This is like something that I get like super like. I get so emotional slash, like, about passionate. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's why I just ranted on for like five minutes. No, like, so like, sorry. cause no, you're good. Like, I just miss the feeling of like, like 
I feel like when I like open Twitter and like, obviously that's the other thing that COVID has really like, like it's sucked because like I spend so much more time on social media now and like, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Like, and I've started to realize that like a little more and not taking it so seriously, but like I did the exact same thing that you're saying. Like I would open Twitter, I would see like a conflict or I would see something happening and like, that doesn't even necessarily involve me and I'm getting so worked up about it. I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God, like what the fuck? Like, just like I get in my head about it and then I get like upset about it. And then like, I I, like everything you said is like how I feel about it to a T. Like Mm -hmm. it's just like, I just want to see like that, like optimism, that positivity come back. And like, I'm starting to see more of it, but I would love to see like more of it on top of that too. Because like, it's just like, that feeling has been gone for so long, but I feel like there's still people who are just trying to drag it down. And I'm like, just let people like be excited about things and let people yeah. like be uh, look forward to the future because like there realistically is like this giant light at the end of the tunnel and we're coming up on it. Like we are. And like, I think like people need to just like start like coming together a little more almost like, I mean, obviously no matter what, like there's going to be people who, who can't, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I hope, I just really hope that people can start to like get their shit together almost. And yeah. that, just, that just means like everyone, like not just not directed at anybody. just like everyone needs to start like, all right, Definitely. let's get in a better mindset. And it's like, you look at things like Lost Lands and you look at, you know, because like the truth be told right now, like venues aren't booking this top tier talent because a lot of them don't get me wrong are not taking bookings and mm-hmm. but at the same time over the summer you're going to start to see a hell of a lot more venues open up and the budget yeah. that they have right now is for people like us for people yeah. who can bring 100 to 250 people through the door in a medium to you know small to medium venue capacity Everybody can make money. The artist get, gets paid and you go home. You're not booking artists for 20 grand. You're not booking artists for 30 grand. Yeah. So it's like you reading those situations. That's how I would be is I would get yeah. so worked up because I'd be like, what if I take a booking and this happens to me and I get fucking yeah. attacked like this? Because like yeah. in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I can't handle it. Like I won't be able to deal with it. Da, 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 da. And it is all like a mental capacity, but it's still hard watching that happen because I truly believe like maybe I'll get proved wrong. But again, I'm just trying to be optimistic that a lot of these undercard players such as you and myself and, you know, all of our friends are going to get these opportunities to be on these massive lineups for the work that they've done in the past year. Because in the past year, I just feel like the music more than ever has spoken and you've gotten these people who otherwise would not have gotten this like limelight of attention. I always use Papa Khan as the perfect example because you never would have had some guy from Indonesia blow up on a Twitter clip and get signed to Marshmallow's label. That would have never happened if COVID didn't happen. And it's like- now and it's like especially with like Cyclops Rex. I look at that a lot. I look at all of the undercard, the the round table, the black labels. And mm-hmm. all of these guys have these huge conglomerate listeners who are willing yeah. to spend money on them and go to see them. So I really just hope, like fingers crossed, like these talent buyers and these artists that are curating lineups are gonna pay attention to these guys. And I really think they are. And I just hope yeah. the fan bases are gonna be open enough to not to not attack 
artists that they already aren't fans of. Because that's what I see too. Because the second excision said that we're selling tickets for Lost Lands, I didn't see hardly any negative remarks. And maybe I just didn't pay attention because I'm not on Twitter that much anymore. I'm like too busy doing other shit. But I felt like it was a generally much more positive reaction than like Ubi Doobie or Summer Camp or SMF or any other festival that had gotten announced yet. And it's like... People Mm -hmm. have this like double standard where when it's their favorite artist, it's okay because they've done so much for me and they did X, Y, and Z. But when it's somebody that I don't know, fuck them. Like who the fuck are they? Yeah. And see, the thing is with that, like the, the thing I see is I've seen people say like exactly what you said and people say like, oh, but Lost Signs is in six months from now. Yes, that that's like true, of course. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I feel like even if somebody else they didn't like was to announce, oh, I'm doing a festival in like six months, I feel like they would just be going at them anyways. Like, like imagine it's just or some decision. shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, and like, while I said, like, while I say like, yeah, that's a fact, like it, it, there is obviously this big time difference between the two. It's, it's very obvious that people are picking and choosing. It's yeah. very, very obvious. And it doesn't like, and anyone who wants to deny that, like that's, And it's like the people who are being loudest are like the ones who are like most supportive of like Lost Lands being announced. And like I saw Dan, you're just like, come on, man. Like, come on. I know. And that's that's why that's why I'm just that's why I'm saying like everyone needs to like just be optimistic. Start coming together again and like stop being so bitter about everything. Celebrate like the success that people are having and like just stop being so negative. Yeah. Because like if like Cause realistically, like it seems like the only acceptable time that to, that it's going to be to play an event or throw an event is when, is when Twitter says it's okay. That's what it feels like, but that's, that's obviously what it feels not like, the truth, but, it's but that's what it feels yeah. like. Yeah. That's just, and that's like, I hate that feeling. It, it's, it's like, Oh, feeling. when is it going to be acceptable for like anything? Mm-hmm. And, until, and eventually we'll just have to get to a point where like, those people will still be loud, but the the amount of people... And it's even happening now. The fucking alien invasion event that's happening on the 9th in Orlando, the Insomniacs event, that's a huge mm-hmm. one-day festival. And, like, it sold out in an hour. So it's, like, yeah. the people who are going to go, they're going to go, man. And, like, that's the sad part of it is, like, we do live in a country or like I'm from a country that was built off of capitalism and like yeah. money talks louder than most other things. And so it's like, if people are going to buy the tickets and they're going to sell out the events, then the events are going to happen. That's just like the white and For black sure. of it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and especially if they're legal events and like none of these big conglomerate companies would be throwing illegal events. They're, they're legal in the States that it is happening in. So it's like, sure. of course they're going to do it. Like, and it's like, I look at, somebody like insomniacs and they've been doing so many free like virtual events and like Mm -hmm. all of that shit and it's like man like go and make your money dude like just do it you know and it's and it's like you would just hope that people you know wear masks follow the guidelines i had had an attending emergency physician on the other day and he has worked in the icu and all that stuff and he's like man i work in a hospital with four thousand people yes we have the suits on yes we have the big the big you know M95 masks on. But he said, you know, there's two people in our whole entire hospital that has gotten COVID. And it's because 
we've worn the masks and we've been hygienically conscious and we've yeah. done X, Y, and Z. So it works. You just can't be a fucking stupid ass and be an anti-masker and think that this shit is going to kill you. And it's, yeah. you're just saving people and you're protecting yourself and you're allowing us to get back to normal. And it's like, I don't know, but no, it's, it's like, like, yeah. What were you going to go? Saying? No, no, go, go, I was, go. I was just going to say like, it's just like, there's so many different ways that people can try to justify things like for either side. Like there is, I think one important thing to like, look at is like, there's literally like sporting events happening. There's like the, I saw that like UFC was announced, like that's going to go back to 15,000 people inside. Like, I don't like you go on, you go on to these things and you don't see as much like hate and whatnot. I don't understand what it is about, this scene even but the thing is it seems like it's mostly just dubstep like it's not as much like like even because there's because i don't know how people are paying attention there's so many house shows there's like so many house artists that are playing shows and whatnot and like i it seems like it's just within this dubstep scene and i don't understand like i and i'm not like being sarcastic or anything i genuinely don't i genuinely don't understand like why all the negativity is specifically centered in this like dubstep scene. So before I move on to Never Say Die, because that's another thing I wanted to talk about, um, my general explanation for this that I've just formed off of, again, I'm a fucking DJ, just personal opinions, mm-hmm. is I do the local talent buying for The Ritz, which is owned by Disco Donnie and Sunset Events. And we have had huge names come through on our... we Our base days are Fridays and our house days are Saturdays. We've had EDX, Martin Schultz, Claude Von Stroke, Green Velvet, the Martinez brothers, people who are just massive. Bigger than has, any dubstep artist. any dubstep artist. And there has been no hate. It's been sold out shows. Again, we're not, we're not operating at capacity, but all the tables full and the ticket prices are two to three times what any dubstep event is. And my reasoning for it is simply because the demographic and age bracket that our genre attracts consists of a lot of kids in college, a lot of kids 18 to 25, 26 years old. A lot of them are still at home with their parents. A lot of them are on social media all the time. Mm-hmm. And and what I notice more about the house heads is that a lot of them are older. I'm talking 25 to 35, 40. Yeah, that's true. A lot of them are very financially well-off, have Mm -hmm. either their own businesses or work very high-end jobs. And these are people who want to have the opportunity to work for their money, to make their money to go and spend it like this. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's where that general understanding and also you don't have stupid asses who are getting so fucked up that they're not wearing their masks or they're doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. They're coming and they're doing everything responsibly and they have the money to do so. And, and mm-hmm. that's like really, I, I just think it's, it's an experience and maturity differentiation. And, and that's mm-hmm. what I see the most of, but that's just speaking on my own experience, like here in yeah, my city. But for sure. there's been probably two to three more times of house shows than I've seen base shows anywhere. And no one's saying yeah. shit about it. And it's just I know, interesting that's, to me. I'm just like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, I see the same thing. Yeah, I see the same thing. 
it's so it's like it's whatever but i i have yeah. definitely noticed that and i've noticed in other industries as well like for super bowl weekend we had gucci main migos two chains like kodak black tory lanes all throwing shows here and like Fully sold out crowds, no masks, like nothing. And that was in February. That's when cases were actually pretty fucking bad. So yeah. So it's just it's it's interesting to me where where the lack of like backlashes to those events per se. Because you look at those events too, and they're much more lucrative like financially than any of our events would yeah. ever be. So it's just For sure. it's interesting. But moving on, I want to talk about like your music yeah. a little bit and and yeah. what do you think about um I know it's like such it's it's so shitty to spend like an hour talking about COVID, but it's affected our industry so much. And I think it's oh. healthy and I think it's time to have these like discussions where people are actually 100%. able to listen to like our conversations unfiltered. Cause I think justifying on a text-based platform is impossible. And you yeah. can't do that when you have 300 characters to tell somebody why totally. you're right, you know? No, it's like it's it's like yeah this will be the last thing i say about but like i it's just like it's important to like consider all angles of situations and that doesn't make one that doesn't make some of the things that are happening right but mm-hmm. i think we're getting to a point where where stuff is going to start happening and events are going to start happening and we can't continue going on like this like people need to start like it just goes back to what I said, people need to start like feeling that excitement again, mm-hmm. not with all the negativity. And I just think it's like important to have like an open discussion about it. Like, because yeah. it's the reality of, because the reality of the situation is stuff is going to start happening and people basically need to be ready for that. Yeah. Whatever and, and that like, you know, is, but if you don't feel comfortable, like, you don't have to go, you know, you don't, you don't have to go like you, you don't. And, and I just, I hope that people understand how close even, even we already passed the bridge. There are so many venues closed that will never come back. Mm -hmm. And the unfortunate thing about those venues are those are the venues that would have taken chances on you and me to book us, to bring us to like those small, medium sized venue capacities that aren't owned by live nation that aren't working directly with UTA and paradigm and only booking those artists and those tours. So it's just like, you know, want this industry to survive. Like if music saved your life, like, be happy that this industry is starting to make money again, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's just like, yeah, but but never say die, black label, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Yeah, what know. are you, what did you uh what are you thinking about that? What are you excited for it? Do you think it's gonna be a hell of a lot higher harder to get your tracks like to get tracks signed in general? Like it's it was a very interesting move by them after so long of having that difference in labels. For sure. And like I understand. I understand the reasoning by it. I like. I personally don't have like anything against it. Um, like they did let us know that they were going to be doing that, mm-hmm. and like they and they did say like that they obviously are going to be more selective with what they choose to release. Which sure. like I think is just a given. Like there's so many release slots that are getting taken away. Yeah. Um, I think. I'm honestly excited to see what happens. Like, I think like melodic music, like 
it, it's great to see that it's like getting more attention because like when it like I like that was like the kind of like melodic dubstep was like what I kind of started listening to for dubstep. Yeah. And um uh I just think like I'm just really interested to see like what is gonna be coming out of that label now and like what artists are gonna be getting those spots and like I think it's gonna Same. get more competitive for sure. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm I'm really like intrigued and excited. It's gonna be um, interesting to see like if it's if it's like total multi-genre or if they decide yeah. to go in like a certain direction, you know? For sure. I think like I think they I think it's gonna be a good mix of everything. Mm-hmm. Like obviously I think like the main guys are gonna obviously stay there, but I'm just I'm intrigued to see like what artists are still gonna be like releasing on there, like if they're gonna be bringing on new artists or like how hard it's going to be for new artists to get on there now. Cause I feel like kind of what I said, like they've just cut so many releases from, from the black label. So I think like time, time will tell, obviously I'm going to keep like trying to to send stuff there. Of course. Definitely. Um, Cause you've had just so many like artist based, um, new labels pop up like Halicon and the Cyclops Rex and Odeo and like, there's just so many that are like underdog Rex. I can like think of so many that are starting to just yeah. like come to like this platform. And that's like the other end I think of it and look at it that way is like we're losing this awesome like sub label that used to platform artists into their main label or just platform them to like a bigger level of listeners. Mm-hmm. But there's also all of these new labels that are taking people to release on. And it's like MNG and like all of these guys that are really propelling like the up and coming artists into like For sure. that next chapter of their career. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, yeah. Um, I think that like this year, this past year was just like huge for the under well like obviously everyone knows it was huge for the underground but like i think it's kind of reshaped things in a sense that like people aren't as afraid or i don't know i don't know say people were afraid beforehand but like underground artists are basically getting more spots or more placements on these labels yeah. like that i feel like necessarily didn't happen before like because it was just always kind of like the same guys like releasing like there obviously be the occasional new artists but i think mm-hmm. like now like underground artists are getting their music heard and that's like awesome to see it's inspiring like i feel like there's just this new wave of artists that have just like emerged and there's so many more that are emerging and like waiting to be discovered so Absolutely. i think like I love like, and that's what I love about like some of these artist-based labels is because those artists, like for example, like we'll use Cyclops because like, um, it's exactly what like Subtronics did is like just took these underground artists that he thought deserved more spotlight and put them on a compilation. Yeah, like I think that's just like something that it's really awesome to see like an artist of his size doing something like that. And like what it's doing for people. Like, for example, like Guppy, like going on tour with him now while he's driving tour. Like, that's just like awesome to see like somebody who just literally broke into the scene in this last year is now going on tour with Subtronics. Like it just like, it just kind of like, I think it 
gives like it should give like fuel for these underground artists to work yeah. hard because it just goes to show like you can do it and like and like and i'm not saying like anyone could do it like as in like sorry i completely messed my wording up there I don't it just goes it. to show it just goes to show that like you can get that platform it's if possible. you like have them yeah yeah it's like and it, it takes like a lot of work like people don't understand the time that it takes in but this, yeah. this is the like you know result from this past year is is having that light on the underground and it's like also to all of these bigger artists i hope them looking at people like subtronics and like excision shows them how much fucking power they have dude like yeah. they have so much power and it's like Sometimes I'm just, I feel like there's this like gatekeeping. I felt really a lot like that before COVID. Like there was Mm -hmm. this, this like, this is where I was. And then there was like this huge empty gap where no one existed. And then it was like the top players. And like, you didn't know how to get from one end to the other. And like, what I've seen from this year is that like gate has opened. And now you have all of these guys who beforehand were playing these kids tracks and never crediting them, never doing X, Y, and Z. They're now like, yeah, dude, I'm going to sign you. I'm going to bring you on my tour. I'm going to shout you out. Like Riot 10, he does like up and coming artist pitches on his Instagram stories. And it's like, that's how much it takes. It takes five minutes out of any of these artists' days to literally yeah. make our lives, to give us hundreds yeah. of followers. Like when Excision did that follow gate for the first three compilations, like that shit was fucking crazy. And I get it. Followers are different than fans. I mean, that's something. Yeah, that of course. Totally different conversation. Yeah. But, but it's very cool to see them being like, hey, there's some crazy fucking music out there right now. And I think it was just so hard. I think there's always been crazy under music, underground music out there just by people who enjoy making music for what it is. But there's never been a time where people have been able to pay so much attention to it. And it's like with shows going away, with this going away, this whole other like socket of, of like space opened up for all of this new music to be like displayed on this platform. And that's why I look at things like Defy or Society and these other courses going on. And they're just so important for, I think, up-and-comers to pay attention to because there are ways to, per se, like cheat the system. Like there are ways to get your music to these guys and and get yourself Mm -hmm. out there. You know, Odd Profit, I'll tune into the feedback streams all the time if I'm like not feeling inspired, if I'm just doing other work, just to listen. And it's like- They're straight up. Like, if your music fucks, like, they will get you signed. Like, they will push your music to the label heads. And it's like, that's the power that these guys have. And most of them, eh, maybe not most of them, but like a quarter of them are more than happy to do it. Yeah. Are more than happy to pave that way. And I think those are the guys who are really going to last the longest, are the ones that open up the gates for these undercard players coming in that you know, take everything for what I'm saying with a grain of salt that are making 10 times more innovative, interesting music than most of the guys are putting out who are headlining yeah. the show, you know? And yeah. and it's really cool. I think it's going to be a very awesome, hopefully next two to three years for people in our position who continue to work and continue to release and continue to put out things. Because again, at the end of the day, like we, we do make things and do things because our music is intended to play at clubs and in festivals, you know, with proper sound systems. And you would just hope that all of this 
underground, you know, the, the attention that's been given to the underground throughout this time continues to carry on. Like, it was so cool seeing people like Control Freak and Asora like, getting signed to UTA because, like, that's huge. You would never yeah. see somebody, you know, whether it's numbers, whether it's X, Y, and Z, signed to a label like that before totally. this time. And don't get me wrong, like brand still matters. All this shit still matters. Your connections still matter. But for the first time ever, I feel like music, which how it always should be, is a huge proportion yeah. of the reason why somebody's paying attention to you now and the reason why somebody's choosing to support you. For sure. You. you know? And like the playing field, like just kind of went like this to this. Yeah. Like everyone's just got like, essentially like everyone's on the same platform right now. Like, Again, like going back, like a lot of people are spending a lot of time on social media. So these people who wouldn't necessarily get their voices slash music heard beforehand are now getting it heard because like right now, like basically like this time for COVID was like the prime time opportunity for any artist who like truly wanted to like take their shit to the next level and like yeah wants it this was the time it is still the it time. is still time it's still the Where time you, like it's it's not too late yeah like, yeah like it's it's just the optimal time to like hone in on your craft and like take your shit to the next level which is like and i i totally understand like it's not it's so much easier said than done but like for like what I did this year, like I just said, like I'm literally gonna put everything I have into my music right now because I'm never gonna have an opportunity like this again. Well, like maybe I don't know, but like there's no way that I'm gonna have this much free time and this much time doing nothing. So like if I don't take advantage of this time right now, like I'm stupid. Yeah. But like, and I'm not calling anybody else stupid, but like that's just my way of thinking. Like it's just like it was just so easy for me personally to just like drop everything and put everything that I had into music. Cause like, it, like I said, it was right around when I started to see a little bit of traction. Mm-hmm. So I was like on a good trajectory, but then having that time to really put into, into my craft was like super, like it was inspiring. It was like fun. Like it obviously didn't come without its struggles, mm-hmm. but now I'm just like enjoying like where I'm at with my music and like having fun, like writing. I'm like, I feel like I got a chance to like learn and make new friends and stuff. And that's another thing too, is like making new friends, connections with other artists. Like that's just such a huge thing. Like just being like willing to put yourself out there to like talk to people and like make new friends, whether they're bigger than you or smaller than you, it just doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like, I feel like that's a huge thing. Like to like, just like building your network of like yeah. friends and stuff. Um, that's like another thing that I really like focused on was like maintaining good friendships, making new friendships and like solidifying my already solid friendships, you know? Mm-hmm. And building like genuine friendships too. Yeah. It's not like, just stop like, the bullshit. You're not going to yeah. be friends with everyone. Find the people that you click with that give you some good feedback that you guys play some video games, do X, Y, and Z because 
I just feel like, especially before COVID, it was like, who can you be friends with that's going to get you to the next level, that's yeah. going to get you to this and get you that? And this kind of broke everything down to the point where it was like, all right, we're all talking online. No one's going to get you booked anywhere because there's no shows going on. So totally. you might as well just like click with some people who are in your lane or people who you aspire to. I've never had an artist unless they were like, fucking marshmallow size not respond to me like these people respond like it's not like you're gonna send tracks and they're just gonna be like oh fuck you like especially if they fuck with it especially if you're sending them good music you know yeah and like the thing is like that i guess this is also a piece of advice to anybody who like struggles with that is like the thing that i've noticed is the best friendships and the best relationships happen naturally they're Mm -hmm. not forced not asserting yourself into situations or forcing yourself on people like they just will birth naturally and like um i feel like that's how you make like your best friends just like letting that shit happen and like not being afraid to reach out to people or like send your music around because that's like another thing is like i i see like some people say that they're scared to release music or they're scared to like send their music to people and I think that is like one of the most counterproductive things that you can possibly do to yourself as an artist. That's how I've made some of my best friends. Like, for example, like company, like he like used to mentor me and then I started sending him music and then we just became friends. And I would like literally consider him like one of my best friends. Now. Like, like he's, he's just like, and yeah, he's been like such an awesome guy to me and like helped me a lot. And like, it's just created this like natural friendship. Mm-hmm. which I'm super thankful for. And um, like, there's other guys too, like obviously that I've made made friends with, but I think like, you can't be afraid to put yourself out there. You can't be like, I shouldn't release my music because it sucks or I shouldn't blah, blah, blah. Like the only way you're going to get heard by some of these bigger guys, the only way your music is going to get heard is by putting it out for the world to hear, or, like sending it to people. Cause like, you never know, like you might just send your demo to one artist and they're like, damn, this is fucking fire. And then they pass it on to a label or like pass it on to like somebody who can get it to a label for you. Like you never know when those situations can happen. That's why like you can't be afraid to put yourself out there and like, just like send your music around. Cause like, that was one thing that I did like kind of like I started doing like right before COVID was like, I have like a spreadsheet full of artist emails and like literally just, send off and not spam mass email. Like I would literally type out an email for each person and personalize it. Yeah. Don't fucking CC someone, BCC everyone in one. Don't do that. And that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, that's why it's gotta be like natural. Like you gotta just let that shit happen. You gotta be, can't just be like, you have to want to like be friends with people. And like, yeah, it's just like something that like, I think it gets overlooked a little bit. Like I just, it's really like upsetting to see when people say they're scared to put their music out. Cause it sucks. I mean, it's like, dude, like everyone, like, I guess like when you start, it's a little bit harder, but like, just got, you just got to put your shit out. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't like, who cares? Just and everyone grows what as you an artist. Make. Like if you exactly. go fucking Rez's SoundCloud and you go down five years, you hear songs that sound like complete shit. But it's like, that's where everybody starts. And also, like, for me to say it's shit is like the wrong connotation to say. Because right now, more than ever, if you're doing some left field shit that doesn't sound like anyone else, 
put that shit out. Exactly. That's what people want to hear. And that's the thing that I get where I have people come to me and they're so nervous because they're like, you know, it's not, it's not following the traditional structure. It doesn't really sound like this. It doesn't really sound like X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, dude, just put it out because there are, there's going to be at least one person who fucks with it. And if there's exactly. one person there's who fucks with it, it's worth person. it. Yeah. yeah you like know? you could literally gain, gain one fan off that release is worth like putting it out and yeah. potentially people not liking it because that's the only, that's the thing that I think people don't understand is like, you have to be releasing shit to grow your fan base. Cause that's it's like one step thing. One. Yeah. It's one, like, I know you kind of said earlier, but it's one thing to have people listen to your music. It's another thing to have an actual fan base. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, like, yeah. that's the hardest thing to grow pretty much. Like you can have like so many, like it's all like, I mean, I obviously like, I still have a lot of growing to do too, because I barely played any shows. Like I was just starting to play more shows right before, before, um, yeah, before COVID started. So I'm like, there's always this part of me. It's like, am I actually like, are people listening to my music or am I actually growing my fan base right now? You know what I mean? Like, and it's something that like, it's not something I let like bother me or like hinder my mental health a lot, but it's something that like I consider. And I think it's an important thing for an artist to consider too. It's like, are people listening to my music or like, are they becoming fans of my music? And I think the number one thing for somebody to gain, you know, fans in general is by releasing music. Like you can post. And I think it's, it's, I look at it as a different way from being a female as well, because it's very Mm -hmm. easy for us to post a selfie, to post a this, to post a that. And we get so many likes and we get so many X, Y, and Zs. But do you know how many people are going to spend money to come and see me or come and buy my merch or come and buy an X, Y, and Z? And it's like, that's the shit that matters. Like that, Mm -hmm. that's why the discord matters and the Facebook group matters. And, and, and your personal connection with the fans, but that all starts with the music because yeah. there's there's sometimes that I would see, and I saw this mostly right before COVID, is I'm like, are you an artist and a DJ? Or are you just like an influencer posting selfies? Because yeah. there's like a huge difference there. And you even look at big talent agencies and it's like, there are very few people, especially in our subgenre, that really have the fans to sell out 1,000 ticket venues and to sell out X, Y, and Z. And you'll notice those guys stand above the rest of them like very fucking easily because it's hard to get fans. It's hard to get people who are 18 to 25 years old to spend X, Y, and Z on a ticket, to spend X, Y, and Z on a t-shirt. But one thing I notice about bass music is these people will spend their last dollar on you if they fuck with you. And And that's why I feel like we as artists take so much of what they say on Twitter or on Instagram. And I was just about to say, I was just about to say that. And it's like, yeah, it's just like, it's, yeah, you nail on the head. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even have anything to add on that. Because, because it's scary, you know, because you're like, I don't want to fucking get canceled by by booty base EDM Twitter username. You know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to get canceled by these people because I don't want somebody to say something shitty about me and make an impression that I didn't even get a chance to impress on someone just because they don't like me on Twitter. And, and that potentially could take away a ticket sale or could take away a a merch sale or them tuning into a Mm -hmm. down the line. And that's why I think we take it so personally is because we care and we don't want any, 
you know, just stupid connotations or untrue facts said about us to determine how somebody else views us. And, and, and it sucks, you know, but it's all part of the job, but there, there is such a difference. And, and there's things too, where I tell like these kids that I either mentor, just ask me for advice. Like I'm sure you get DMS, like I get DMS. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the biggest thing is just like, you're building like a house of bricks. Like you don't want to build it of straw and every artist's career has a lifespan. Like one day I will no longer be Lizzie Jane. You will no longer be Chiquie. But like that is up to you and I to determine how long we are around. And it's like, don't rush because what you see, especially in this field, and I'm sure it happens in other fields, I just don't fucking pay attention to them, is you get these people who who know people or they have connections or they're best friends or they're buddies or they're X, Y, and Z, and they get propelled into this universe that they're not ready to be there. And, mm-hmm. and they're on tour all the time and they're doing the tour circuit. And then they get picked up by UTA because you're on tour, so I might as well just represent you and make a buck off of you at the same time. And, yeah. and then two, three years go by and they're disappeared and and they're nowhere to be found ever again. And it's like, that's why it's so important to like, because you still see it now too, where people think they can just like be a DJ and not make music and have this shit happen for them because they see it happen to other people because it still happens and they don't understand the back end of it. And, and, you know, it's all versus personal experience. You have to make mistakes yourself in order to learn. But the sooner as you as an up and coming artist can understand that like, your discography and the way that you present yourself and build your community is fucking everything. And even if it takes you longer than somebody else who started after you, that's okay because you're building fans. Like if I wanted to buy a million followers for fucking $5,000, I'm sure I could somewhere. If I wanted to buy a million streams for, for Spotify, I'm sure I could somewhere. But that's a waste of money because it's not worth it in the long run. And, and yeah. most, most professional industry professionals can see through that. They can see yeah. through it if they go on your Spotify page and you've gotten 3,000 to 5,000 streams on every song, but one song has 150K streams. That's yeah. not true, you know? So it's like, yeah. don't think you can beat around the bush. Just put the work in. And, and I think people just see what you and I do and and not even you and I just people on a bigger scale like Subtronics like Excision and they go like that's the fucking life I want to live and especially if they come from a family who has money if they have money themselves they're like I can beat around the bush and I can spend the money and I can make it happen and you can don't get me wrong you want to pay off somebody if you want to do x y and z totally do it cool but longevity wise that's not going to get you where you ideally want to go you know yeah I think like just be like the people, all the people, not all, but I'd say like the most respectable people are all the people who have put the work in, put the time in. They've been genuine. They've been legitimate. They've literally just worked their way up. And it's like obvious, like who's, who's, who has that like mindset because all those people are like the people who are doing really well and like mm-hmm. seeing the the most success and like and there's like obviously like a difference between like working hard and like being humble or like arrogant you know it's yeah. like you want to be you want to just be like genuine with it like you just like don't and like one thing that like I sometimes I'm bad for is like 
comparing my success to others when realistically the the only success that matters is like your own but it's like obviously like I think that's like one of the hardest struggles as an artist not for some people like I know some people who are just like really good at like keeping their head down Mm -hmm. keeping focused and like generally like I'd say that like I'm good at it but there's times where like I get in that like negative mindset of like comparing what I've done or comparing my trajectory to somebody else's trajectory and like that's just a really counterproductive like Social media does not help that. Social media makes that very hard because you're sitting on there all day and you're comparing yourself to other people, whether it's a music announcement or it's picture or it's likes or it's retweets. There's always a way that you can compare yourself, you know? It's just something that's like so stupid to like in the grand scheme of things, it's so stupid to even think twice about like how many likes you get on a post or how many likes you get on a tweet. But like, I just feel like as somebody who's like up and coming, like that stuff feels like it matters a lot more than it realistically does because you're, because I'm so like, and I don't know if you struggle with the same thing, but like just worrying about like staying relevant right now, because like I'm on a good come up right now. I want to stay relevant in these people's minds and like these other artists minds. It's just like, I don't know if it's because of, covid or whatnot but it's just also because everything has such a short shelf life right now like you do something people forget about it the next day you know what i mean you took the so words it's like, like it's right like, out of my mouth like it's yeah, literally it's, because somebody's on to the next thing the next day and and yeah. that's where it's like how can i gain retention from all of the people who fuck with me from the disciple release from the never say die release and get them to keep following me when they've got a thousand other artists they follow a thousand other hobbies that they do they may like sports they may like video games Mm -hmm. how can i get them to attach themselves to me and stay engaged with my content and that kind of leads to the point where and and i don't know if you resonate with this too you feel like you can always be working and you can never stop working and because oh, I'm, you know, I'm the worst for that. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, you, like, you can always do like a stream or you can do a live stream or you can make a post or you can just work on music or, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because that work life balance, you have to have that, you know? Yeah. And that's something that I did not have at all. Like, cause you, how I was saying earlier, like when, co- when I first like went home to my parents, like for when COVID started, I was like, yeah, I'm going to work really hard and stuff. And like eventually around like September time, like I just drove myself into this pit and like got like super depressed and like basically like just worked way too hard and burnt myself out. And like, now I'm better at like, taking breaks and like Mm -hmm. not like working too hard but like it's something that is like I know exactly how you feel like if I like there's time like I'll literally be like sitting there watching a movie with my girlfriend or like just like out like doing something and being like oh I should be like working on music I should be like working on like a schedule or I should be like just doing anything like that can that can be growing my brand or something. You make yourself feel guilty for it. You make yourself feel guilty for like enjoying life. But the thing that like I tell myself, like yesterday I was golfing and I was sitting there and I was like, should have finished this mix down. Lizzie, what the fuck are you doing? Go home. Like da da da. And Uh, it's like this mental battle that you have. But it's like I said yesterday to my boyfriend that I wish when I was a kid, and I'm sure my mom said it to me at some point, 
she just said, enjoy being a fucking kid because you're never going to be a kid again. And, yeah. and I think when we're like 40, when we're like 45, we're going to look back at this time and be like, you shouldn't just put the work down and enjoyed life more because you're not sure. going anywhere. And I think the more that you can like win that inner battle with yourself that like, yeah, this computer will always be here. My work will always be here. Me taking one day off isn't going to make or break. Like I, and I think that's something I like try and hinder into any up and coming artist that, that asks like you or Mm -hmm. me questions is the fact that no single song release, no, no, you know, no show, no festival, no live stream is going to make your career. It, it, yeah. it's, it's a freak incident if it does. And it may happen mm-hmm. once in a blue moon to some random yeah. person. But yeah. that is not the the common consensus of how this industry works. It's, totally. it's a consistent uphill battle. And if you overwork yourself, you're going to crash and burn. And you're going to do less than what you would have done if you just would have worked at an average pace. You it's know? literally what happened to me in September. Like I just went like, or it was more around like October. I just had a complete burnout and like just completely like ruined my mental health. Like, especially like, like I just, I had a bunch of other stuff going on too, but it was also a combination of like me overworking myself. And then like, um, now I'm like feeling like way better about stuff. And like, it helps. There's like stuff to be looking forward to. Yeah. But like burnout is like, and I can't even imagine what like, like it's obviously a lot worse. Like when you're touring and stuff, I would, I would imagine so. Yeah. But burnout is definitely like a very real and very possible real. thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not fun when it happens, but yeah, it's just all about like having that like healthy balance and like being okay with taking time yourself or taking time off like i like even lately like i've been just kind of like in and off like on and off writer's block and i just normally when i get writer's block i get super frustrated and get down on myself but this time i've just kind of been just riding with it like not like forcing myself to write and like yeah opening ableton when i feel like it and so wait like, you're gonna throw it out anyways exactly so i'm just like it's a hard mindset to get into if you're somebody who does like get in when you do think like you need to be working all the time, but it's definitely possible to get out of that mindset and it's way better to be like, okay with not working all the time. Yeah. It's, it's healthier for you. Like you have as much as you love it. And I think that's something that when you're doing your passion for a job and it becomes a job, you have this thing where it's like, Oh my God, now I have to work all the time. Like now it's my job. So I got to do it all the time. And that's not true. It's not true. So I try and like, the only thing that kind of kept me sane was like, I don't know what kind of job your girlfriend has, but when my boyfriend gets home, I try and be done. Like I'm done for the day, you know? So it's like those kind of brackets where like he works nine to five. We do kind of, you know, nine to seven, nine to eight, whatever. And like, that's the time that I work. And when he's home, let's do video games. Let's go to the gym. Let's take those like brain breaks because that is what makes you better the next day to not be burnt out because you just get in that cycle and then you're like, fuck. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so I totally meant to ask this at the beginning, but how did you come up with the name Jaqui? I've always wondered that because I pronounced it wrong forever and now I finally have it right now. I know. Oh yeah. Um, very anticlimactic story. Um, when I was, uh, when I was, I can't remember how old I was, 2012, eighth grade. Um, 
after I decided I wanted to start producing, like my friend and I were just like talking about names. And then he just said Jaquie. And then we were like, all right, let's go with it. That's literally it. it. That's so dope though. Yeah. It sounds like like a Pokemon or like a video game character. It's it's super cool because it's very hard like nowadays to come up with names that are not copyrighted or they have the domain available and it's like you don't want to grab the regular spelling of something. And then sometimes it's just like a lost hope. Like when I get into like the rhythm world, I'm like, I can't even read your fucking logo, dude. Like I can't even read it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was just curious on what it was, but that's dope. I literally yeah. was just like, my name's Elizabeth. My nickname's Lizzie. I smoke weed, Jane. There we go. Ta-da. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, all right, cool. Like there's nobody named that. There's not another artist. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's cool how how artists kind of get their names. And I I feel like more so than not, it's literally just like shooting the shit conversations. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah that, that's cool. There's not like this huge thought that goes into it that I feel like everybody thinks it does. Yeah, I'm sure I could probably go back on me and my friend's Facebook conversation and like see where he said it. Like it was just so random. And then like and I stopped making music for a bit and I was, and back when I came in to start making music again, like back in like 2017, 2018, I was going to do like, oh, should I stay as Jaquie? Should I like do something else? And then I was like, and everyone was like, no, I'll just keep it. So I was like, all right. So I kept it. And now it's just kind of stuck. Hell stuck yeah. to it now. I wouldn't want to do a rebrand now. No, I feel no, like it's like, not. I feel like it's a name that people, people recognize. So. Absolutely. I, I like saw the same thing happen with like a friend of mine. I'm not going to like name who it is, but like he had these crazy releases and then did a rebrand and I'm just like, dude, no, like, no, like you have a never say die release. You have a disciple release. Like you're good. Yeah. Like people know who you are. Um, but it's going to be like really exciting. Hopefully we'll get to like meet in person before the end of 2021. That would be like, yeah, sick, totally. you know, but I yeah. really appreciate you coming on today to talk and us like shoot the shit about everything. Um, yeah, I'm going to link your newest EP below so everybody can check it out, jam the tunes, and I'm excited to hear what's next. And it'll be... Yeah, I've got lots of stuff coming, so I'm so Hopefully, regardless, we'll see each other at Lost Lands. Let's, like, uh, cross our fingers, put them up high. But I hope you have a good day, dude. I greatly appreciate you, Jordan. I will talk to you soon, all right? Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the EXO Podcast. Do not forget that you can visit my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane to gain access to ad-free podcast episodes a day early, as well as the opportunity to become an XO Patreon producer, where I give you shout-outs, you can ask questions to the guests on the podcast, and much, much more. So do not forget to visit my newly launched Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie. Jane. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and I will see you next time.